0: Welcome to New Books in European Studies, a podcast channel of the New Books Network. I'm Tim Jones, and my guest today is Roman Deininger, co-author with Uwe Ritzer of Markus Zerder, the Shadow Chancellor, which will be published in October by Droma Germany will hold a federal election this time next year, and it'll be the first since 2005 in which Angela Merkel will not be a, cha- a candidate for Chancellor. Although a leadership election is underway inside her Christian Democratic Union, speculation has grown to fever pitch that it will be Markus Söder, the leader of the CDU's sister party, the Christian Social Union and First Minister of Bavaria, who will be chosen as the Chancellor-Candidate to the right in 2021. This would be unusual, but it would be understandable. According to the latest polls, 56% of Germans want Söder to run, 23 points ahead of his nearest CDU rival, and among Christian Democrat voters, this desire is shared by 75%. So who is this man? Why is he so popular? And if he does indeed succeed Merkel next year, what should Germany's geopolitical partners expect from a Zerder administration in Berlin? Aside from the man himself, there's no one better to ask than Roman Deininger. He's a longtime political reporter for Süddeutsche Zeitung in Munich. Not only is he the co-author of this new biography, but his book on the CSU, Portrait of a Special Party, was published just seven months ago by C.H. Beck. As a reporter, Roman has been stalking Zerda for over two decades as this wily politician climbed his way to the top of, the, of Bavaria's dominant party and began his emergence onto the federal stage. Roman, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. How long have you had this book planned? I mean, obviously, it's, it's very well-timed now, but uh, it, did, you, did you look into the future?
1: Well, of course, it was a little bit of a gamble when something like five years ago, my uh, co-author Uwe Ritzer and I decided to write a biography about Söder, who at that time was basically a, provincially, a, a provincial politician uh, in Bavaria. But uh, I'm sure we were not alone with our forecast uh, that uh, he has quite a career ahead of him but uh, that he has a national breakthrough now in 2020 during the Corona crisis is unexpected and even stunning for us.
0: Yes, it's, it's as you say, it, it's really the Corona crisis that really seems to have put him on the, on the national stage. Um, what did he do? What was it that he did that was so right that, uh, that, that, that achieved this for him?
1: Well, I think that uh, Söder met his political moment uh, in the corona crisis. Um, The uh, corona crisis has uh, completely um, reshuffled uh, political calculations, a career path, um, the question of a Merkel uh, successor in the chancellorship uh, in Germany. And uh, Söder surely is one of the beneficiaries of these developments. And uh, that's basically because he's a, a hands-on politician. He's a straight talker. Um, and all those qualities were in high demand when the pandemic broke out. I think his crisis management in Bavaria, uh, where his premier stood out um, compared to other uh, German uh, single states. Um, he was uh, very clear on Uh, uh, hard measures, on timely measures, lockdowns, testing, uh, other stuff. And uh, with all that, he captured uh, national attention.
0: Yeah, and and has that stood the test of time? Has has Bavaria's performance uh, in the pandemic proved to be as positive as it looked in in, in the early stages of of the crisis?
1: Well, there's an argument about that because in numbers in Bavaria – are not that great. But um, in general, I would say uh, that uh, the main indicator uh, that um, uh, Söder really grew as a politician in the uh, public image in that crisis is that the numbers hold up even after some uh, stumbles that uh, Söder had in his crisis management in recent weeks. Um, I think he's rewarded mainly for his uh, open and clear communication, very energetic, not panicky. And uh, people seem to accept that um, uh, on a, on a um, working basis, um, some faults happen uh, in that crisis. Corona is uh, a not, not a crisis uh, that has some immaculate heroes. And uh, my feeling is uh, that uh, people are willing to uh, forgive some mistakes politicians make um, in uh, this crisis if they display uh, leadership. And that's what Söder does.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, before we drill down into the kind of person he is, um, could you give us some background to to the special history of Bavaria, really, the, the, the politics of Bavaria, why it's different, the history of the CSU and, and, and essentially why since the war it's been a, a one-party state?
1: Bavaria is very special. Um, I think the only international comparison I could come up with is uh, Quebec in Canada, a very special uh, s- a state um, um, in, in Canada and Bavaria in Germany is, um, well, they're, they're two very um, uh, opposite feelings toward Bavaria in Germany. And the first feeling is um, admiration and even envy for the natural beauty of Bavaria, for the uh, economic success with uh, big corporations like Siemens, uh, car makers uh, like Audi and BMW, um, uh, FC Bayern Munich as a, a, a great football club. Uh, so that's the one thing. The other thing is that uh, some people uh, tend uh, to think of uh, Bavaria as too, let's say, folkloristic, as uh, it's a little bit ridiculed for its folksy traditions, Uh, think Bierfest, think Lederhosen. And And the independent spirit that uh, somehow rules Bavaria, which is uh, quite bordering separatism, (laughs) depending on on whom you ask. So uh, that's special about Bavaria, and that's um, really reflected in uh, politics. So um, if you call yourself a free state like Bavaria does, and if you're always talking about um, a certain degree of independence, a politician from Bavaria is not really uh, slated uh, to be chancellor. So um, that's probably why it never happened, why never somebody from uh, Bavaria um, um, uh, achieved that office. And um, well, I would call it kind of exceptionalism that uh, uh, exists in uh, Bavaria. And of course, uh, that's not helpful when it comes to uh, national elections. We also have to convince voters in, uh, let's say, North Rhine, Westphalia, or in Berlin.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's 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 odd, that, because uh, you made the comparison with uh, Quebec, for example, but Canada has had uh, Quebecois prime ministers, and, and equally in the UK, Scotland is very separate, but there have been many uh, leading Scottish uh, politicians and, and several prime ministers, so Bavaria seems to be particularly special.
1: (laughs) We we can agree on that, definitely. I mean, (laughs) Söder Söder himself uh, has uh, asked the question um, if people in Germany really want to be governed from the Hofbräuhaus, uh, which is, of course, a big beer hall in Bavaria. And I think that's uh, the the cliché trap um, some uh, Bavarian politicians step in. And if Söder really wants to uh, run for national office, uh, it would be um, uh, his challenge to stay away from uh, all the all those all too foxy uh, things. I, I think he would need to appeal to the uh, really more uh, austere political culture in Germany. In Bavaria, it's all a little bit more um, uh, theatralic, I would say it's um, um, it, it's more like a. Uh, they're more like actors on a stage, and uh, in in other parts of Germany, uh, you really like uh, uh, going straight to work and um, uh, no uh, uh, no side That's different in Bavaria.
0: Right. It's funny because I, I mean, if I, I mean, he, he, before my time, Franz Josef Strauss, but uh, Edmund Stoiber always uh, struck me as very straight laced. Very uh, he he looked like a a bank manager or something. Like that.
1: Absolutely, that's a very good observation. I mean, uh, Steuber uh, became a national figure because he was like that. I mean, he was able to uh, to, to rock a beer tent, you know, to uh, to, to speak there and bring uh, uh, people on the tables uh, clapping. Um, but on the other hand, uh, he had that uh, yeah manager uh, demeanor. And um, uh, that made him um, well, someone to talk to for the biggest corporations. And uh, well, he actually was pretty close to the chancellorship. Um, He uh, only um, 6,000 votes more and uh, the union under his leadership um, uh, would have been ahead of the Social Democratic Party at the elections in 2002.
0: Yes, I mean, can you tell us more about the the origins of the CSU um, and it, why it has been such a such a dominant force in the state?
1: Yeah, um, the, the, the CSU is um, a, a special party because I think it's a, a first um, we call we call it Volkspartei in Germany uh, a big tent party that's really encompassing the whole society. Um, in uh, before uh, the Nazi uh, uh, regime, um, many parties in Germany had some kind of religious background, some kind of uh, social background that defined the party. And uh, the CSU uh, was the first one that really, uh, with consequence, uh, opened its doors for Catholics and Protestants, for workers um um uh, and um, um civil servants and uh, uh, people running businesses so uh that big tent uh, somehow held up over the decades and is still today um a uh, decisive factor in the relative success of the uh, CSU um because it really uh, the, the, there's basically no part of society that uh, the CSU is uh, not in some way appealing to. So uh, that was the one thing. Uh, the other thing is that, of course, the CSU has a giant advantage of being a regional party playing a federal role. So mm. they are limited to Bavaria when it comes... Um, uh, to, um, uh, to to running for uh, statewide office, um, and uh, they, they ruled um, uh, Bavaria in I think 70, 71 of uh, the seventy five years of existence, which <laughs> is, which probably makes them the most successful uh, party in uh, European post war history, and they also did that by um, well by trying to um, to act like kind of officially state official state party they were uh, they were really (laughs) daring and um, and uh, in the in the um, um, imagery they're using the the symbols they're using they have just adapted um, shamelessly um bavarian state symbols and um as, as long as uh, the Bavarian post-war story was one of uh, the rise of an industrial power, um, of course, people, uh, at least the big majority of people in Bavaria, was very willing to buy into that uh, narrative. And um, now, finally, we have 2020, after 75 years of, uh, of CSU history, uh, there are other parties really... Uh, Trying um, to take away that monopoly of the CSU on uh, the Bavaria story, and um, so I think Bavaria, Bavarian politics is uh, now are uh, now getting um, much more uh, competitive uh, because other parties are really um, uh, taking the piece uh, of the cake. But uh, over decades, the CSU was. Uh, <laughs> alone and uh, mostly governing alone.
0: Mm. And, and the, the main challenger party now in the region is, is the Greens, is that correct?
1: Absolutely. I mean the Greens in Germany um, uh, took a big step from being uh, a, a party uh, that was just founded on, uh, on saving the environment and the ecology and uh, to a real party of the political middle of uh, which is rooted in the middle of society. And uh, while the CSU in the last years, last ten years, let's say um, uh, the refugee debate was uh, uh, at the center of that development, the CSU was a little bit shifting away from the middle to the right and the Greens were getting to the middle from the left. So um, uh, that was a development that really um, uh, hurt the CSU. And um, uh, only after um, um, almost losing uh, the 2018 state elections, Söder, the uh, uh, party chief of the uh, CSU, uh, was willing to take consequences. And he uh, uh, took the uh, CSU on a kind of green course uh, to prevent the Greens from uh, becoming even stronger. and. Uh, well, they are the main rival now for the CSU, and uh, they are also probably, in federal politics, the main rival for uh, the Union.
0: Mm. Yeah, that that's what you've touched on there is is—is something you mention in the book, which is that uh, is is adaptable, that he... And in some ways, you, you say he embodies the CSU like nobody else. He's a tough guy. At the same time, he's vulnerable. Sometimes he's conservative. Sometimes he's liberal. Sometimes he's old school. But he's on Instagram, so he's he's shown that ability to adapt. Um, I mean, I, I remember d- d- during the asylum crisis with the CSU in twenty seventeen at the at the federal level, he he came across as the as the hardliner, uh, and now he seems to be much more. He comes across as more liberal. Is it? Is this real? Is this? Um, what should we read into this? Well, that's uh, the
1: question uh, that uh, that is following Söder his whole career. Uh, is this real? Uh, is he speaking out of conviction, or is he just uh, m- making things up because it's uh, strategically helpful for him? So uh, the approach of his critics is that uh, he's an uh, opportunist; that he's um, uh, that he's uh, just doing what gets him elected. And um, I would say that. Um, he has some, some, uh, some uh, let's say, uh, green dots uh, in his career. He was a, uh, he was a um, um, minister of the environment in the Bavarian uh, state government. And in that role, he actually was progressive when it came to uh, uh, um, the, the fight against climate change and all that. But the thing is, when he took up another office, uh, when he became the Bavarian Minister of Finance, He completely forgot what he did or didn't care about what he did as a minister of environment. He completely um, 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 did only what helped him in his new role. So as a minister for environment in Bavaria, he said, okay, we have to save the mountains. Uh, As a minister of finance, he was more responsible for tourism and he said, okay uh, w- w- we can't save every mountain let some tourists in So um, if you ask me if I uh, believe uh, he's a he's a, a eco activist uh, uh, in the in the depth of his heart I don't think so but on the other hand um, if he's um, if he's consequent in what he's doing now uh, if he's uh, if he's holding up that course for let's say two or three years um, uh, th- th- well, he will be governing on facts, not on words anymore. So he has a chance to get away uh, with, uh, with, that, um, um, uh, with that new
0: course. Hmm. I, I, but, I mean, Bavaria itself has gone through something of an industrial revolution, hasn't it? I mean, it, it's now become a, a hub for life sciences and artificial intelligence and has gone beyond um, heavy industry. Is this? Did he have much to do with that in his role as uh, in the finance ministry and as um, uh, and as uh, first minister of of the state, or is that something that 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 happened much more organically through through several administrations?
1: I think he uh, put himself in the tradition of uh, exactly what you're uh, describing. I think his contribution is limited because uh, his, um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the giant leaps Bavaria took as a state from agricultural uh, region to uh, industrialized region to a high-tech region uh, happened uh, before he was uh, influential in Bavarian politics. But, of course, um, uh, that's a story uh, he likes to tell, um, uh, Bavaria is, um, on the one hand, is uh, Lederhosen and Bierfest. On the other hand, it's uh, innovation and uh, economic uh, success. Um, uh, laptops and Lederhosen, That's, uh, uh, that was Edmund Stoiber's um, uh, motto. And um, I think this combination, um, a tradition and, and, and modernity, uh, has quite an appeal, uh, also outside of Bavaria. So I think Söder really tries to write a new chapter of that old story. He's investing heavily uh, in 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 uh, research, in uh, digital uh, research. And um, so we'll have to see if he really uh, leaves a mark that's comparable to other uh, First Ministers of Bavaria like Franz Josef Strauss or uh, Edmund Stoiber, who might also be internationally known, Um, but uh, he's definitely putting himself in that tradition.
0: Mm. I I mean, we'll we'll come in the conversation to whether he will get the uh, nomination, but let's assume he does for the moment and and that he becomes chancellor. Do you think that is something that he would bring to the table? He would, you know, there are criticisms. I mean, Germany has had an economic miracle in the last 20 years, but there are some criticisms that it's been too reliant on uh, exports, too reliant on a particular type of uh, heavy machinery export, and it needs to reconfigure to deal with competition coming in particular from China. Is that the way... Have you and you, you've been around him a lot? Is that something that has come up in in his thinking? Do you think?
1: Well, I would say that there is no comprehensive economic philosophy of Marco Söder um, uh, that we can uh, r- rely on, or that we can um, uh, just uh, l- l- look up in the archives. You know, I think he um, um, he's basically in every political field. Um, a take take charge style a politician um, uh, who who is willing uh, to resolutely make hard choices and um, I think that he would bring this uh, also to economic uh, policies um, uh, if you look at what he does in Bavaria then he's a very very robust um, um, uh advocate of uh, Bavarian enterprises and Bavarian businesses in Germany. So uh, if you translate that one level higher, I think uh, I could imagine him uh, being a little bit uh, uh, more aggressive um, and resolute in defending German economic interests in Brussels and beyond.
0: Mm. In fact, the more, the more you say, but the more he reminds me of... Um Chancellor Gerhard Schröder, in terms of his, you know, being somebody who's quite shameless, doesn't have very strong opinions, but basically believes in leading. Hmm. Uh, do, do you see similarities yeah.
1: there? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good comparison. Um, I see similarities, and um, I think Schröder is not governing on uh, eternal principles um, uh, that he tries to. Uh, put to work but um he's he's governing governing on uh, almost borderless pragmatism and um i, I would say that um uh, this has helped him a lot but also um uh, people are asking what does he really stand for and uh, i think that Schröder as a chancellor, finally found his big project, reforming uh, German social system and uh, uh, also economic reforms. And the question would be what Suder's big project could be if elected chancellor. Uh, To this point, it's all about Bavaria, you know, uh, what helps Bavaria is good for a CSU politician. So um, we don't know what his plans for Germany uh, would be because, um, well, the, the, the main quality of a Bavarian politician, a CSU politician is to think mainly about Bavaria and put Bavaria first. So um, um, it, it, it's very hard to make a forecast. But um, um, yeah, Schroeder is a good comparison to two men who are uh, really convinced of themselves. face uh, so.
0: Well, I guess that brings us to the big question. Um, what do you think the chances are that he will win the nomination? And I, I won't hold you to this. Obviously yeah. there's a, there's a lot of guesswork here. So what, 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 what's your thinking?
1: Yeah, it's really, it's a, it's a foggy situation, uh, hard, hard to make a prediction. Um, but um I, I wouldn't rule, rule it out that uh, Söder uh, could uh, become the nominee of uh, the CSU and CDU, but um, um, I don't think it's very likely why? Um, because the nomination for the union of uh, CDU and CSU um, is always um, well lies always first with a bigger sister party and that's uh, the CDU. And um, the way for a CSU candidate to become candidate for chancellor, um, the the only way is that uh, the bigger sister is really uh, serving the nomination on a silver plate, and Mm -hmm. even more so uh, because Söder is um, is not picking fights uh, um, uh, um, when he doesn't know the outcome. He's uh, really a risk averse uh, person and politician. Uh, So I don't think he would go into a big battle to secure the nomination for him. Um, So what has to happen that uh, Söder gets a nomination? Um, I think the uh, guys running for the nomination in the CDU, uh, the Premier of North Westphalia, Armin Laschet, uh, Friedrich Merz, um, an economic expert, and Norbert Röttgen, uh, an uh, expert for international relations in federal parliament, uh, they really... Um, would have to, well, completely implode. The CDU uh, would need, um, would have to see the need for a compromise candidate from outside the CDU. And that would be the moment where Söder steps in. It's not the likeliest scenario, but it can happen. And if you look at um, uh, the state of the CDU right now, if you look at the polls that put Söder, uh, high, high, high above uh, uh, the aforementioned three uh, CDU politicians. Um, yes, uh, I, I wouldn't rule it out.
0: Hmm. I guess the argument against it would be that the CD or well, the union generally has benefited from um, increased trust following the corona virus crisis. But counting for him would be that. The Christian Democrats have been in coalition now for what um, a, a various grand coalitions for for a long time, and he would give them potentially the opportunity to to go into coalition with with different partners. Um, do you think, in that respect, and from his experience in Bavaria, that he would be happy to go into a, a coalition with the Greens? I think he's preparing
1: that. Um, uh, not uh, that uh, uh, he, he needs to be chancellor in such a coalition, but as a party chief of the CSU, he's preparing that. I think he laid the groundwork. Um, if you uh, look at the at the base of the CSU and uh, 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 the, the the members of the CSU. Um, I, I think uh, uh, over the decades, they were almost taught uh, to to look at the Greens uh, uh, with a skepticism and uh, disregard. And uh, in the last couple of years, um, I think uh, there was a, a, a real shift uh, in tone towards the Greens. Of course, it was harsh again during election campaigns. But uh, in general, uh, Sudo made it clear that the Greens are, uh, let's say, coalition material for uh, for the Union. And um, uh, well, if we look at the last federal election in 2017, we almost almost uh, entered into a a coalition of uh, the the Union uh, with uh, the Greens and the Free Democrats. So it was uh, almost there in 2017. And uh, in 2021, it uh, will almost surely happen if the numbers uh, hold up.
0: Mm. And and has he – I know we talked about what he genuinely thinks as opposed to what he uh, uh, performatively thinks. But do you think he has changed his tone and maybe even some of his beliefs regarding the – uh, the taking in of asylum seekers from 2015 onwards. Did, do you think part of him thinks that Merkel was right and he was wrong?
1: Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think uh, that it was a strategic decision of uh, Söder to reverse course uh, in the uh, refugee question. Um, uh he was on the brink of losing the Bavarian state election in 2018 because he was instrumental in uh, um, uh, putting um, uh, well the whole uh, republic uh, into crisis when the CSU and the CDU uh, clashed over the refugee policies in uh, the summer of uh, 2018 uh, when he realized that uh, uh, people, um, uh, were uh, not not favoring that way of uh, doing politics and uh, uh, confronting Chancellor Merkel, um, he, he took the consequences and uh, that was the point. He changed, um, uh, well, his refugee policies. He changed his tone against uh, the AFD, the uh, right-wing party uh, in Germany. Um, so I would say that was another pragmatist uh, decision uh, he took. Um, uh, well, it's it's fairly astonishing that uh, two years ago, uh, Söder was a, a tough-talking right winger uh, who was willing to embrace uh, uh, populist positions and uh, rhetoric, uh, and now uh, he's a, a, a lover of uh, t- t- trees and and bees, <laughs> and uh, also very soft when it comes uh, to, to refugee policies. Um, so, so I would say um, I think he knows that. He can't uh, reverse course another time. He has to, to uh, stick to uh, uh, his new image because otherwise um, uh, people uh, w- wouldn't, wouldn't buy into that. Um, so I would expect him uh, to, to stay relatively soft on immigration. But uh, of course, uh, if another situation like um, uh, the fall of 2015 arises, Of course, this position would be tested. What would you do if uh, another million of of refugees would uh, stand on Germany's uh, doors and another decision like uh, that in the fall of 2015 would be needed? Uh, That would be the ultimate test of uh, the new Söder.
0: Yes, I guess in that circumstance, Germany really would have to um, put pressure on on European partners to, uh, to to share the burden, right? In a way that she, she didn't. In the end, she 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 just accepted personal national responsibility. And
1: the, the problem in in the in the fall of two thousand fifteen was uh, not that uh, Merkel um, uh, uh, well made a decision uh, to let uh, uh, all those uh, refugees in. Um, which was humanitarian and uh, in many ways admirable. The problem was that she wasn't uh, explaining uh, that step well enough. And um, I think that Söder is a, a better explainer than Merkel is. Um, uh, I think that also helped him in the uh, corona crisis. I, I don't know if he would be able to uh, show empathy for refugees. He was lacking that in the, in the past but uh, in general, he has a good way of communicating uh, with people, and that might also help him in uh, the refugee debate if it rises again.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, th- the other big issue in a uh, big political issue in, in Germany at the moment is is the attitude towards uh, Russia and the uh, Putin uh, government following the um, poisoning of uh, Navalny. Has are we able to discern where he stands on on Germany's strategic position towards Germany uh, sorry, sorry, towards Russia?
1: Well, um, I would say that uh, uh, Söder um, hasn't made enough uh, foreign policy wise that we can uh, really judge him on uh, past deeds. Um, but I would I would think that uh, he stands for continuity. Um, uh, When um, if he takes over from Merkel, I wouldn't expect um, uh, any major changes in uh, German um, um, foreign diplomacy. Um, He actually visited uh, Vladimir Putin um, something like two years ago, Um, uh, but he was also slated to go to the US and uh, probably meet Vice President uh, uh, Mike Pence. Uh, shortly before the coronavirus struck, so the um, uh, that uh, uh, that uh, travel was uh, postponed. But uh, so he's keeping all doors open. But I would definitely say he's more interested in uh, transatlantic relations as uh, than in um, in in very close ties to Russia. I think uh, as a Bavarian uh, uh, first minister. He's uh, attending uh, to, to all partners, uh, mainly for economic reasons. And uh, as a chancellor, um, uh, the, the whole framework would be different. But I really would expect him to um, uh, well to, to continue, continue Merkel's course. The one remarkable thing about him foreign policy-wise is that he had a kind of European education because he was uh, the Bavarian uh, minister. Uh, for Europe, for uh, well one and a half years, and uh, in that role, he was partly based in Brussels, so he has a, a understanding of how the European uh, Union works and is run that uh, clearly exceeds uh, the knowledge of, uh, of some others.
0: Well, one last question: um, Do you have another? I mean, you got two books out this year. <laughs> do you have another one being planned for next year?
1: Well, I think uh, the two books might be even too, too much for the market <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> no, I, I uh, well, the one that was planned for this year really was a book about the party, the CSU, which is uh, celebrating its seventy-fifth uh, birthday uh, this year, and then came uh, Markus Söder's national breakthrough, and that prompted me and my co-author um, uh, to well to, to just uh, f- finish it <laughs> and um, uh, and bring it out. Um, I think I'll take a little break from, from CSU and Mr. Söder because I am I actually, in the last five years, there were a couple of weeks where I spent more time with Mr. Söder than with my wife. So uh, I think I'll take a little break. But, uh, well, if he's really becoming chancellor, of course, uh, I'll take the challenge.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, you could translate the book into English uh, if he uh, <laughs> if he gets it next year, and of course, if I were your editor, I'd be sending you to Berlin to uh, to cover him. But
1: well, um, uh, uh, that's a thing I would have to think about um, if Sudo becomes chancellor. On the other hand, uh, life in Bavaria and life in Munich. Is really beautiful, uh, with or without um, uh, uh, help from the CSU. (laughs) Um, It's it's just a a beautiful place. Uh, Berlin is tempting too, but I really like it here.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't blame you. Um, Well, just to remind listeners, I've been discussing um, Markus Söder, the Shadow Chancellor, today with Roman Deininger. Um, uh, It's a book he co-wrote with uh, Uwe Ritzer and will be published in October by Droma Knauer. Roman, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Thank you, Tim.